Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Sky's the Limit podcast. This week is a solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a minute and we're almost at the end of the year. So I figure like, let's go right in and have some one-on-one time together because number one, this is fun. I can just kind of dictate what I've been looking at and what stories are appealing to me and just kind of talk them through with you, (laughs) the listener. I guess I'm technically talking to myself, but I find this stuff interesting. So hopefully you will, and then you can give me your takes on what this, what resonates with you. So there's that. And then, like I said, we're like, we're in December. This is Tuesday, December 5th. 2023, the countdown to 2024 is on. It's wild. The good thing is everybody gets so freaked out like, oh, the end of the year, I've got to get all this work done. When in reality, I feel like unless there's certain professions that have like a really harsh December deadline, December is a time where people are kind of understanding of like, there's so much going on. There's holiday parties. There's a lot of family time and time with friends. And there's just... Like you don't have to book as many meetings or schedule as many things because you can't fit it all in in this last month. If you didn't fit it in the first 11 months of the year, you might as well be pushing it until mid-January and February. That's where I'm scheduling these days because, yeah, December is all about the celebrations, the time together, eating great meals, indulging. That's what it's all about for me, and I hope that it's like that for you. And if it's not, at the very least, like, make a cheese board or something. Have a glass of wine at night when you don't normally have a glass of wine. Like, do something out of the ordinary because it is the season to celebrate. Celebrate something. There's a lot going on in the world, and it's just sometimes a lot to handle on a day-to-day basis. So, Make it enjoyable where, however you can, whenever you can, wherever you can. I think we all need to take that in. I'm telling myself this advice at the same time because, you know, when there's a lot going on, the last thing you want to do is put more effort or treat yourself in any way. But that's how we get through this busy season. So that's, that's what I think we need to do. But on today's episode, as I'm going through everything and my thoughts around food and what's been going on in life and things that I think you're interested in. Um, these are these are the things that we're going to walk through today. I have some like updates for y'all and then some food news stories and some restaurant thoughts, news, and what's on my radar. So that's kind of the agenda for the day. And I think this sort of format is what I'm thinking for future solo episodes too. I really think doing like five stories in food news and really circling in on what's happening in the world of food on a national standpoint is a good way to do it. So please tell me if you like this after we get through today's content. I would love to hear what you think. Um, This really is a conversation between me to you. It is. I mean, yes, I'm sitting in my office and just recording by myself. So any feedback is appreciated. I would love to know what you're thinking, and if there's even stories that you're thinking about that I'm not talking about, I would love to maybe add them to the list, so please let me know. And another thing that you could do to help me out if you have been enjoying this podcast so far, please rate it 
or leave a review or both, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, etc., there is a way for you to rate the podcast. If you could rate it five stars, that would be amazing. And do it on like all of your devices. That would be just the sweetest holiday to gift to me um, ever. And if you rate it and take a screenshot and either email me or you have my number and you text me or you share it on your Instagram stories or Facebook stories and tag me at Sky Estroff, Sky Estroff. Um, I'll share and I'll send you a little something. So please rate or leave a review or both. Let me know about it. Tag me on Instagram or Facebook stories or both at sky.estroff and I will send you a little something. So, you know, surprise. It'll be a fun gift. I'm somewhat good at getting gifts for people (laughs) this season. Anyways, I I would really appreciate that. It would mean the world to me, especially if you're enjoying this. And um, and if you're not, you can tell me why, but just don't leave a rating. That would be great. (laughs) Okay, so let's get on with it for this solo episode. First, I just wanted to update. I just had a segment a couple days ago on Good Day Atlanta, my favorite morning show ever. And on this particular morning show, it was right before the SEC championship game. And uh, disclaimer, I'm recording this podcast on a couple hours leading into this SEC championship game. So fingers crossed we're listening to this and <laughs> and Georgia is going to be in the playoff circuit. Let's, let's hope. But either way, this month and this season is a lot about football. The bowl season starts mid-December and is just running all the time. There's so many bowl games. I have had so many times and seasons where I just sit on the couch for like four days in a row and did not realize that I just watched 17 games of football. It's kind of disgusting, but it's an addiction and a binge cycle of the holiday season. That's just, you must do it. It's a really nice way to just (laughs) sit on your butt and binge football and kind of have the grand finale to the season. At least that's how I feel about it. So anyways, back to Good Day Atlanta. I had a segment on Thursday leading into SEC Championship Weekend in Atlanta and just wanted to like talk through spots where you could step up your SEC tailgate or your spread at home and what you're bringing into your home because a lot of times the reality is we're eating soggy fast food. That It just is what it is. Or you're picking up like veggie trays and fruit trays from the grocery store that let's be honest, they're kind of gross and they kind of smell bad when you open them and you kind of have to put a candle nearby so it doesn't offend people and you get people to pawn off this food. I'm just being real. I'm just being honest and I do not eat veggie trays and fruit (laughs) trays from the grocery store in somebody's house. I don't know. It's just, it's not my thing, but great to have a healthy option. I'm not like knocking on that, but I, I think we all could use a course in We're in this late stage of the football season. Let's eat some good freaking food. So I highlighted five spots on my segment and places you may or may not have heard of. They're all Atlanta-centric, but either way, if you're not in Atlanta, find something that's local that you could support, a local restaurant, a local business. This is a great time of year to support local and eat something different, Um, but like still in the genre of tailgate food because it's delicious and it's 
just an excuse to eat really good fried food. So the first place I talk about is Java Saga on Buford Highway. It is such a hidden gem. Or maybe it's not a hidden gem. Like, they obviously do well in business, but it's a gem at the very least. It is It is a, um, what was it? Not diamond. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a gemstone. It's a gem. J-E-M. G-E-M. Good Lord. Okay. Might need to edit that part out when I cannot spell the word that has three letters in it. But again, I'm recording on a Saturday. Java Saga is on Buford Highway in Chambly, and they are known for Taiwanese five spice fried chicken. You heard that right. It is packed with a punch. The fry is so crispy, crunchy, and just really opens your eyes when you eat this delicious fried chicken. You've never had anything like it unless you've had a ton of Taiwanese fried chicken in your life. But the way that they're doing it at Java Saga is so craveable, so crispy, crunchy. And like I said, with that five spice seasoning, you know, that has star anise, uh, fennel, peppercorns, clove, cinnamon. Hey, I did that without notes. That is, I'm proud of myself there. I might not be able to spell, but I at least remembered that. Um, those are the spices that it's fried in, and it also is fried alongside actual leaves of basil to really enhance that herbaceous extra punch of flavor. So they have um, chicken bits, which are like their chicken nuggets. They have fried chicken sandwiches in all different varieties. So highly recommend picking up from there and serving that in any of your bowl game watching or football watching the rest of the season. Another spot I mentioned, a recent Bib Gourmand um, by Michelin, Fred's Meat and Bread. That's at Crog Street Market. It's the owners of General Muir and Yala and Woods Chapel Barbecue, Todd Ginsburg and his crew, and Fred's Meat and Bread. I mean, they do it right every time. Michelin got it right by giving them Bib Gourmand. They've got cheese steaks. They've got burgers, Pimento Cheese Club. Italian grinder. That grinder sandwich is on fire. I love their food at Fred's Meat and Bread. And you could even order like catering or get a platter. So that's a great elevated addition to any of your football watching food Um, or football watching food. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Another one, DBA barbecue. This is just like a barbecue staple in Atlanta for me. And they just open in Chastain Buckhead area recently too. So now we've got two locations. We've got Chastain and we've got Virginia Highland. For either of those locations, they have top-tier barbecue. It is consistent. It is delicious. Their sauces are flavorful. And I'm a sucker for their corn muffins too. And I really love any of their meats. I love their brisket and their mac and cheese is amazing. So they have all the classic sides. They also have tailgate packages and it's just a really good spot, convenient and tasty every time. Lucy's Market in Buckhead, they have everything that you could need for a tailgate. Let's say you're hosting people for a bowl game, for a playoff game, for the natty in a couple weeks. Lucy's Market is where you can go pick up that pint of chicken salad, pimento cheese, any of those kind of goodies. You can even get trays, tablecloths, all the decor and all of the fun napkins and cutesy things to serve your food on. Highly recommend. Super cute. I could spend way too much money in Lucy's Market. So can you just spend it and tag me in it so I can live vicariously through you? Thank you very much. And last place that I just like have to talk about, and I cannot get this place out of my head, it's called Few Pies. P-H-E-U. Pies. Now, pies as in pizza pies, as in 
the most Atlanta recipe of pizza I've ever heard of in my entire life slash ever tasted in my entire life. Lemon pepper wet pizza. No lie. This is one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my entire life. And I've been Italy and stuff too. And it's like a Neapolitan pizza that they're making with a lemon pepper sauce as the base. Mozzarella cheese on top. Little um, pullings of lemon pepper chicken wings spread throughout this pizza. And then basil on top too. Wood fired and given to you at such a delightful temperature. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm just like getting distracted thinking of this and picturing it in my head. But Few Pies is so legit. Incredible pizza. It is incredibly unique that they have a lemon pepper wet pizza on their menu. They also have a lemon pepper wet hot style. So with hot sauce too. Crazy. I haven't had that one. I've only had the lemon pepper wet. But I'm ready to go back and try all they have to offer. Few Pies has pop-ups on a weekly basis and that's where you can order your pizzas from them and they'll heat up for you to like bring to your tailgate party or just treat yourself this season but you could also order catering I, I'm thinking of having a party just so I can order their catering so those are my top tips the um, places that I mentioned in Good Day Atlanta so Java Saga, Fred's Meat and Bread, DBA Barbecue, Lucy's Market, and Few Pies I, I love all these places and I'm getting hungry talking about it. So I think they're still relevant for this season. Do you want a dentist that actually spends time getting to know you and your needs? A practice that not only provides regular cleanings, but also excels in straightening teeth, replacing missing teeth, and helping highly anxious patients? Peach Dental is a family-owned practice that does just that. If you're looking for an elevated dental experience, join me at Peach Dental. It's where I go to keep my teeth healthy. Dr. Resnick is offering a special discount for Sky's the Limit listeners. Get 15% off teeth whitening and a 10% discount off of their office membership plan. Visit peachdentalatl.com to learn more and book your appointment. Again, that's peachdentalatl.com. Okay, on to the next one. Now for five stories in food news. These are a couple things that have hit my radar recently and I just want to like express what I think about these things to y'all. So um, the first one is like weird, controversial. I, I don't know what's happening here. So I feel like it needs to be discussed and literally nobody's talking about it, which is also maybe a good thing. My first story is that Mario Batali has a social media resurgence. Heh. I saw him post something and I was like, wait, what? Was this like, how did this get in my feed? This guy has been canceled from years ago for like sexual assault allegations. He used to be all over our screens on Food Network and every food show across the country until um, he was, I mean, I think Me Too movement in 2017 was when he was initially called out for all of his allegations and, and actual like, I mean, he bad guy, bad guy all around. Um, but now he's just like willy nilly posting on social media and he obviously doesn't have any help with it either. His posts are weird. And I mean, obviously he's weird and I like brought them up. I, I, I just don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. I, I think it's very odd to, first of all, just start posting and your posts look terrible. And you're having no help. Second of all, 
I mean, there, there's so many things wrong with this. I don't even know. I don't like he's putting up these graphics of things that are so ugly. And then he also left his comments on his DMS are open. These are all things that are like very, um, unlike somebody who has been canceled for very good reasons and who should not be accessible, um, and who should not be a public figure anymore. So it's kind of weird. Like, and then I don't know if people have missed the memo. There are people commenting lots of positive things on his feeds. And it's just, I'm just having a strange time seeing this from afar. I'm not following him. I'm not giving him any credit on um, engagement, followers, anything like that. Like, it's just like a strange thing to see from the side. And I don't know why people are interacting with him. Another really odd thing is that on all of his posts, he's literally putting his personal email on here saying, email me to get on a list to watch me live stream cooking. It's so spammy. It sounds like a phishing scam. I don't know. It's just weird. I, I talked about um, half-baked harvest controversy a couple episodes ago, or it's coming out next week when I talk to somebody. But um, yeah, this is just another controversial thing that I'm seeing happening on social media and like let's not forget why Mario Batali got canceled and that you should not be following him and this whole thing is just wild weird and yeah goodbye Mario um yeah okay so we're starting out with that but like going on to bigger better happier positive light things I just feel like it needed to be mentioned my second story in food news is Runza okay a couple weeks ago, I went to Nebraska, <laughs> which I didn't know that that would ever be a sentence that I would say in this lifetime. But yes, I went to the Midwest. I went to Nebraska for a wedding and great wedding. Um, and the greatest thing <laughs> that I experienced that night of the wedding too was this thing called Runza. I don't know if anybody listening, if you're from Atlanta or if you're listening from somewhere else knows what a Runza is. But this is like a Midwestern Nebraska-specific pastry that I had never heard of, never tasted in my entire life, and became obsessed with. And I just feel like it's worth a story. So a runza, by definition, is a yeast dough bread pocket with a filling consisting of beef, cabbage, or sauerkraut, onions, and seasonings. Runzas can be baked into various shapes, such as half moon, a rectangle, a round, a square, or a triangle. That is the definition according to Wikipedia, but it's also a store or like an actual um, shop in Nebraska and maybe locations around the Midwest. It's called Runza. So in in my like um, understanding of food and everything, it's almost like a Midwestern variant on a bareka or an empanada or a cheesesteak that's just fully breaded around it. It was just so, so unexpectedly good. It's just this yeast roll filled with like beef, onions, peppers, mushrooms, seasoning, and it was packed with flavor. I loved it. it. It's crazy because they have them in Nebraska as fast food, but like it was amazing. And I typically don't eat fast food very often. I think I had their original Runza sandwich, which um, has the the beef, cabbage, onions, and seasonings. It doesn't even have cheese or anything, but it was just 
amazing. I want to recreate it. I'm a big Barreca fan. I'm a big empanada fan. I love anything that's very bready and carby. But um, I, I was really just like in awe that I had never heard of this in my entire life and it tastes this good and how is it not mainstream at this point? Maybe it's mainstream in Nebraska, but it's definitely not hitting the radar on like the big food cities of the world. I haven't seen anything coming out of like food trends out of New York or LA or um, or Atlanta. So interesting. Runzas are delicious. Look them up. Check them out. I approve of this message. Runzas are so good. And I would potentially go back to Nebraska just to eat one, or I'm going to have to recreate it myself. So look it up. Tell me what you think. All right. Third story in food news. Subway's foot long cookie. Have y'all heard of this? Okay. If you haven't, I'm sure you have by now, because like I said, I'm recording just a couple days before today, um, December 5th, but yesterday, Monday, December 4th was hashtag national cookie day. And that was the launch of Subway's footlong cookie first day it debuted. Apparently they were testing this in a couple of markets. I think Miami was one of them like last year to see if people were a fan of this footlong cookie. And I mean, how could they not be? It's just extra cookie and it's such a unique shape. And if you feel like you're just eating a smushed cookie dough log, and it just counts as one cookie because it's one cookie. I think it's such a great idea for bringing it to um, a party or having just something unique instead of your signature cookies. Um, yeah, great idea by Subway. They've needed to judge it up for a while. Obviously, their marketing budget has been insane for a while when they were having like literally every high paying celebrity as their endorsers for the past couple of years. I think they still are. I mean, who was it? Like Steph Curry, Peyton Manning. Serena Williams might have even been in there. I'll have to look that up. Sorry, that's un, unchecked facts there. You can fact check me. But um, going back to the footlong cookie, I think this is such a good marketing idea. It's Instagrammable. It's eye-catching. There's a need for it. It's using ingredients that they already have on hand and building that efficiency within their food service space um, to just have a new product out there. I think it's really cool. Yesterday for the National Cookie Day debut, they um, made really decadent flavors in a couple of markets. I mean, ones that were like drizzled and topped, not just footlong chocolate chip cookie, but they had one called like the Subway Cookie Club. And this stacked cookies on cookies with a double chocolate cookie base and vanilla frosting, then topped with chocolate chip, white chocolate macadamia, and raspberry cheesecake cookie chunks, rainbow sprinkles, and chocolate and raspberry sauce. Like, all right, that's that's next level cookie-ism. That's, talk about Instagrammable, but also I hope that tastes good. I don't know. It's worth a shot. It's worth a try. But uh, the Subway Cookie Club sounded insane. So when they put this foot-long cookie on their permanent menu, that's going to begin in January. So we're a couple weeks out from that. Now you can be prepared mentally now that you're hearing this on the podcast. Um, but it'll debut in January. And my guess, based on the press releases that Subway is putting out there, that when they release in January to all of their locations, it's probably going to be the footlong cookies of their standard menu flavors. So oatmeal raisin, chocolate chip, white chocolate and macadamia nut cookies 
those will be the cookies that will be their foot long standard menu i think that things like that subway cookie club and some of their other flavors they also did something called oh this one's funny the great pickle this one says it's the most unique cookie on the menu um it it makes uh, i can't read all of that at once but this sweet and savory cookie layers both peanut butter and marshmallow cream on top of a vanilla sugar cookie base topped with salty potato chips and savory bacon crumbles and Subway's brand new dill pickles. Excuse me? It has potato chips, bacon, and pickles on top of a cookie. I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want a pickle on my cookie. That sounds so gross. I I would try it, but I don't think I would ever want to order it. And I, I'm just saying from looking at this photo of these four flavors that they debuted yesterday on National Cookie Day, the pickle potato chip cookie, they you had me at potato chip and bacon on a cookie. That's fine. That's like that sweet and savory combination that I'm looking for. A soggy pickle from Subway on my cookie that's just going to ruin it for me. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it and get back to you, but that sounds gross. Um, anyways, going back to the beginning of what I was saying is that in January, the footlong cookies will debut in their signature flavors at all locations. And these decadent flavors that I'm detailing, the one with the pickles and the potato chips and everything, those may show up on some menus in some markets, but I don't think they're going to be in every store. But who knows? They might allow you to top your cookie with whatever flavors and um, toppings that they have on hand if you're a dill pickle plus cookie lover like apparently somebody in this world is. So I just think that's really cool. Good marketing. Good idea, Subway. I'm willing to try that. I haven't had Subway in years, but I would definitely go back to try their footlong cookie just for some shits and giggles um hopefully not too many shits lots of giggles all right fourth story chick-fil-a's sentimental commercials this is a story and a headline that i've made up for myself because it has been at least three football seasons of chick-fil-a's commercials where they're sitting on a couch and talking about food with a white background on a red couch and i'm sorry i i think it is time to phase out the Chick-fil-A sentimental commercial. It's not appealing to watch. I really would prefer to see a drippy, like, fry dipped into Chick-fil-A sauce, fries fresh out the fryer, some crispy, crunchy side of a fried chicken sandwich. Just give me the food porn and stop with the sentimental commercials. Again, this could be a controversial take, but I'm just, it's time to phase it out. For me, we've seen the same iteration or different iterations of the same concept for this commercial for minimum three football seasons. And let's be real, at these commercials, you're probably putting them on mute. I don't have subtitles on my freaking TV because I'm trying to stay young as long as I can. So I'm not paying attention to what you're saying, but if I do have the volume on, I'm annoyed. I am trying to get high energy and excited for a game. I don't want the vibe brought down from this sentimental commercial. I just want to look at some good-looking food and get hungry to eat my tailgate food. So I'm sorry, Chick-fil-A, but can we please move on from the sentimental commercials of the past three seasons minimum past? Because 
it's just it's just time to show us the menu. It's just time. And also, can you bring back sweet potato fries? And also, can you bring back the pimento cheese hot honey sandwich? Because I don't know why that was a limited edition menu item. It was great. And also, while we're at it, can you just make breakfast all day already? Please. Please and thank you. Chick-fil-A, you know, these are my recommendations to you. This is somebody who has a career in professional marketing. So, please. I would really appreciate that for next season. Give me the energy of fried chicken. I I don't know if anybody agrees. Some people really like crying in the middle of a commercial, but I don't. Um, all right, another news story. That is just news in the world of me, but I think other people will find this interesting too. Does anybody remember Half Pops? That's the headline for this fifth story. Does anybody remember Half Pops? I believe they were either the brand... Pop Secret or Orville Redenbacher in the early 2000s. They came in a can. It was half-popped popcorn. And my family was obsessed with these things. I think they were taken off the market by these big brands. They probably got sued from too many people breaking their teeth. But they were so good, and it really influenced my popcorn addiction to this day. And the funny thing is, when I was kind of doing a little light research before putting on this segment, um or this episode, I looked them up and it sounds to me and looks to me like Half Pops, the name of the brand that was the Half Pop popcorn by Pop Secret or Orville Redenbacher, must have, first of all, taken out like all of their past history of this is not online. It's very difficult to find this. And I think that they sold their name and their trademark to another company um, because now there is a brand called Half Pops. And it's called Curiously Crunchy Popcorn, Half Pops. It's sold on Amazon. It's sold in other places. They have an Instagram. I I can't say that I love, oh, oh, I don't know. Their last post on Instagram was 201 weeks ago, but you could still buy it on Amazon. And they have multiple flavors, caramel sea salt, white cheddar, butter sea salt, stuff like that. But the Half Pops that came in a can were superior. I know this without even trying this new age and era of half pops. Um, I think that the brand was sold to this other company to like go on and modernize this flavor and then not have the, not have the, um, the, what's it called when you like get in trouble, the liability, the liability of breaking your teeth. They didn't want to have all these people coming after them for fillings and cavities and things like that for breaking your teeth off. So they're like, yeah, it's a popular flavor. You modernize it. You go for it. You buy this name and go on your ways. Um, So that's what I think happened. That's my theory. But I'm probably, this is, again, just like a theory and not, um, it's not found online. Like, I cannot find the history of Half Pops to save my life. But I know that they existed. And my family knows they existed. So did you try them? Did you like half pops? Does it, Do you like popcorn that's popped halfway? Or do you prefer eating like the full popped popcorn? I think the little half kernels at the bottom are like my favorite thing. And I'm really sorry, Jordan, who's listening, who owns Peach Dental and who is my dentist. Because he's probably going to yell at me and tell me to stop eating that if I want to preserve my teeth. But I just think they have superior flavor. I don't know good texture. So Half Pops was my final story in the five stories of food news. 
And now we're going to move on to Dining Diaries, my finale of today's episode. So for Dining Diaries, I'm going to get into what I've been eating and what I want to eat. Um, I'm starting out with notable eats that I've had recently, and I first just want to give an ode to Kitty Dare in Inman Park area. Oh my gosh. Kitty Dare is phenomenal. It needs all the recognition. The meals that I've had there have absolutely impressed me beyond. First of all, it's just a really cozy, beautiful environment to eat a meal in. Second of all, service is spectacular. Third of all, the consistency of the meals that they're putting out. So good. The quality of the ingredients, the wine list, the cocktails. I am, I'm just blown away time and time again for my experience and meal at Kitty Dare. And I just think that they deserve all of the recognition. The food is Mediterranean um, and the execution is just top tier 10 out of 10 every time. Um, the last time I was there was a couple weeks ago and the I'll just tell you like what I ordered. So when you go and if you want to order the same things, you will not be disappointed. Um, I can't go in there without getting the dips trio. It has a whipped feta dip and a roasted eggplant dip and a like a salmon dip that comes with it and then it comes with their homemade bread which is absolutely excellent best bread ever but I actually sub out the salmon dip for their labna because I love labna which is that strained yogurt dip with zatar and pomegranate olives is the way that they top theirs and it's just absolutely delicious delectable all of the things and then um the last time I was there, too, I ordered their citrus salmon, which is their pan-seared salmon served over pearl couscous, orange, lemon dill yogurt sauce, and sumac and charred lemon. Oh, my gosh. Best salmon I've ever ordered in a restaurant in my life. It was phenomenal. It was so good. And the portions are absolutely huge. I had a whole second meal the next day, thank goodness, because I would have already been missing Kitty Dare and needed to go back. So I, I just can't say enough about Kitty Dare, and you cannot go there without having their white chocolate pistachio cheesecake. It has an Oreo crust. It is excellent. It will be the best cheesecake you've ever had in your life. Go to Kitty Dare. Another thing that I've had recently, I went to Tybee Island for Thanksgiving, and I just can't say enough. If you ever are going to Tybee Island, you're going to Savannah, want to have a day out and a meal out, Go to Salt Island and go to Seawolf. Those are two extraordinary restaurants on Tybee Island. Salt Island's food is so, so good. I make my own bowl there. I get like a grit bowl and add some of their seasonal ingredients and I get a good piece of seared grouper on top. And let me tell you, if Salt Island existed in Atlanta, which it kind of couldn't because they're getting the freshest seafood at the beach, but if it did... I would eat there at least once a week. Salt Island is just spectacular. They have great people that work there, great owners. And I went there on Foodie Road Trip, my TV show that's streaming everywhere still. Um, so if you want a deeper dive on it, watch Foodie Road Trip. And just search that on your TV and it'll pop up on all of the different streaming platforms it's available. But Salt Island is just so excellent. And Seawolf is too. Seawolf is another spot on Tybee Island that they're known for really cool gourmet hot dogs with a weekly changing menu. But as we know, I'm not a big fan of hot dogs. That's the only food that I don't eat. 
but I eat everything else on Seawolf's menu. They use seasonal ingredients. They use local ingredients. They're also known for oysters. I always get a cheese board when I'm there. And last time I was there, I also had a special that was like an ahi tuna seared over a veggie fried rice. It had a jalapeno honey glaze from what I remember. Delicious. It never misses. It's great. Love Seawolf. Love Salt Island. Add those to your Tybee Island itinerary. Or if you'll be anywhere near Savannah, just make a trip to Tybee. Eat there. And last on my dining diaries list, I have the place that is on my radar. It's called Gigi's Italian. It's in Atlanta. It's an Italian restaurant. It's been on my list for a very long time. And it's just... It's time that I eat there. It's really sad that I haven't. But all I do is look at their Instagram and follow them and look at their world-famous tiramisu and want to go get it. So I really want to go. I'm going to commit to eating there before my next solo episode so then I can recap that meal for y'all. But it just looks, sounds, and I've heard only the best things about Gigi's. So look it up, Gigi's Italian. They have a great menu. It's a menu filled with only their top dishes. So it's not one of those menus that's like a book. It's not the Cheesecake Factory here at Gigi's. They're not doing a 12-page menu with so many things under the sun they're cooking. They're cooking, I think, less than 10 different dishes, and they're doing them all with excellent precision. So I will eat there soon and tell you what I think, but I'm really excited to try their caviar and polenta, which was is served with creme fraiche and dill, trout roe, and sturgeon caviar. I really want to try that. I want to try their rigatoni with lion's mane ragu, broccoli greens, and pecorino. Lion's mane is a type of mushroom. I really want to try that. I want their marinated artichokes. I want their world-famous tiramisu, as I just mentioned. And I'm a sucker for olive oil cake. That is actually my favorite kind of cake is olive oil cake. I want to try that. It's served with orange marmalade and something I can't pronounce, but I will ask the server when I go. So keep an eye out for that. If I, When I go to Gigi's, not just if, when, I'm going to go soon, um, I will post everything on my Instagram at sky.estroff. So give me a follow there. And in the meantime, besides just Gigi's, I'll be sharing any great dishes that I'm eating. I'm trying to get better about that. I have a tendency to just try to enjoy my meal and not share every single thing that I'm eating on Instagram. But I'm going to get better and keep putting out there what is great. And I did share Kitty Dare a couple weeks ago because it's just too good not to share. And their plating is beautiful too. So anyways, that is going to wrap today's solo episode And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. If you've come to the end of this episode and you've listened this far, if this is your first episode, welcome. If you've been listening for more than one episode, thank you. I appreciate you. And even if you're at the end of your first episode, I hope you come back because we are going to keep getting into some really great things on this podcast. Next week, I have an awesome guest joining me. So stay tuned for that. I hope you have an amazing first week of December. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if you could please leave me a five-star rating wherever you stream Sky's the Limit, if you screenshot that to me and either share it on your Instagram and tag me at sky.estroff or email me sky.estroff at gmail.com, I'll send you a little something. So please help a girl out and happy holiday season. Treat yourself, enjoy yourself and enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estroff or sky-estroff.com. See you next week.